for joining us welcome back hola um, hola ken and Anch here uh we were just talking about offline truly seconds ago how exciting it is to pick up on a collective ether on accident so uh in our conversations the past week kendall and i have really been discussing friendships uh post-covid and long-term friendships how to sustain them how to be better at them how to know when to take a beat the ebbs and the flows of adult female friendship and we were talking about it just with each other, but then noticed it kept coming up in friendships outside of me and her with different people in her life, different people in my life. And so we were like, May- maybe this is really top of mind for a lot. So can open it up to you guys on Instagram just to see and answered a couple questions about friendship. And it was explosive. So ding, ding, ding. We've hit on something that is on your mind too. Uh, so we hope to give some insight here around what you got. And there was a bunch of stuff that was really sweet and endearing and just insightful and just the ways that friendship has changed since lockdown and since we've matured into a, our thirties and what it looks like now. Uh, so we're excited to get in. And I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think we use the term COVID is just kind of a marker of the time, not even so much that it has to do with, you know, the virus itself, um, but just how much the world has changed in the last, you know, three to four years. Most of our listenership, even if nothing had happened in the world, three to four years in our developmental stage of where we are, like young or mid to older 20s to into your 30s to then like 40 and so I think we're kind of left at the end of the wake of this kind of being like how do we like put these puzzle pieces back down um that have been kind of thrown up in the air and so I thought it was really interesting going on social media and just yeah like Angela said just kind of being like is this something that other people are feeling as much as us. And I think that I got more responses about this than any other thing I've ever posted. This is, everyone's kind of figuring out like, who am I after all of this? And how do I continue my friendships and do this in a healthy way? So one of the um, questions on here, so Angela hasn't heard any of these answers, by the way. So it'll be fun for her to kind of give her own input on this. One of the things that uh, I put was, what is something that you would have done differently with friends or socially if you could go back? And I said, no shame, just reflection, knowing what you know now. So it was like, okay, my today self would. Um, A big thing that came out was, I wish that I could have talked out issues sooner rather than waiting for what isn't working to change on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a repeating theme was, I wish that I had just not let toxic 
behavior or like hurt feelings or all of these things just like continue to go on. Yeah. I wish I just kind of nipped it in the bud or like talked about it and with compassion and, um, or people said, I wish that I had, uh, made an effort to call and see my close friends more. One person put something that I've learned since COVID is to see friend losses as less of a failure and just a pause for a relationship that's run its course in a healthy way. Okay. These are fascinating. So I have some thoughts on, Yeah, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I'm just blazing through the seasons of sister wives on TLC. Oh um, they're on Hulu and I'm on season 15. So I'm in deep now. Uh, but there, this, this relates. So in one of the episodes, they said they've, they've been toying with, they used to live all under one roof. It was, it's four people married to one guy and they used to live all under one roof with all of the kids. They have like 18 kids. Then they moved to a cul-de-sac where they lived separate houses, but all on the same cul-de-sac. And now they've moved again and they are debating whether they want to do one house or not. Some of the wives are on board, some are not. But one of the things that they brought up was um, one of the wives, Janelle, was like, I want to live under one roof because we were not allowing each other to get away with bad behavior. We had to see each other in the kitchen the next day. So if there was an issue, it got resolved. And her point was that with time away and space away where you're not physically with someone, your brain can create narratives that aren't there, which has happened to Kendall and I with our relationships with people out of state or that we just don't see a lot. And sometimes if you're in a fracture... And you have so much time apart just texting or sending memes or whatever. It can be, it can start creating things that aren't even there, just purely in the space and the distance. So I thought that was interesting because she she was one of the only wives that was on board. Uh, the other ones wanted more autonomy and privacy, which I also understand. So it was fascinating for me to see their different opinions on that. But that remains yeah. because they tried to keep the friendship of the sister wives because the at the base instead of the marriage between each of them they have with the guy it's more about how do they coexist as friends that are married to the same person and so but isn't that true though like yeah. your brain can get away it, it can just start creating things that aren't even there and it can amplify possible tension or fractures based on just not being able to see each other yeah it was interesting in relationship to this um, I had a meeting where it was talking about how um, being unoffendable and it was saying like to be easily offended or not easily offended, but it was saying this is the first generation that has made hate or offense an asset. And so it was saying that being offended is now considered like the new currency for social justice or like essentially a big thing that happened over COVID was there was a lot of polarizing views where uh, to make your stance of where you were, you needed to show offense. And so something like, oh, I'm offended that people aren't wearing masks or I am offended that people are getting vaccinated. There was, this generation was very much on, oh, it shows where I am by being offended by the other side. Um, and so it was talking, but that, that is kind of the base for relationships to crumble. 
And that it's not that you can't have your side or your opinion, but that the essence of being very easily offended is a, it's not a connecting energy. And that's what a lot of people put on here. Like if I had known what I know now, um, it was like, I would chill out on feeling the need to publicly take a side on all polarizing issues Mm -hmm. or, um, and I wish that I had not taken things so personally, uh, spoken to people one-on-one where there were issues, uh, within medical or political privately things that people would have done is just talk to people one-on-one about how they felt instead of kind of grouping people together into like, oh, we can't be friends because you believe this or we, you know, it would be, I don't know. I just, I really liked that. Um, And then people were just like, I wish I had like actually put things on the calendar, like Mm -hmm. not waited till later. Like everything was later, like, oh, it'll be soon. It'll be later. It'll be whatever. Just like, I wish I had just put something on a calendar. And I think that as we, you know, Angela and I as moms and with work and things like that, it is hard to find the time to do that. But it's interesting because Angela and I won't miss a meeting. Like Mm -hmm. if something is on our calendar, we're not going to be like, well, oops, I'm just like not feeling up to it. It's like, we'll make the meeting. And so I think it's sometimes it's like that, just like putting it on the calendar to be like, yeah, next Tuesday, let's have coffee. Mm -hmm. It's on the calendar. I'm not going to miss it. But if I just wait till it's convenient, it's not going to happen, you know? And these, these friendships are really important to our lives. I like that some people answered in really tactical ways and then some people answered in more of like a spiritual way or just more of like an abstract way. It was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Love that. Um, um, I also love how healthy it is to reflect on ways that you want to improve in the friendship uh, because so often it's easy to be like, this person let me down, this person let me down when you're feeling really sensitive. And usually I've noticed friendship fractures can have a correlation with one of the people in the friendship having a huge life change. So mm-hmm. mo- moving getting a, a job in a completely different industry, having a baby, getting married, getting divorced – that can be a really sensitive and tender time um, for the person experiencing the the change or the trauma that they can easily feel like a victim to their friendships. And so I love this question so much because both can be true. You know, you can, there can be times where you were really let down by somebody over and over and you're like, wow, you know, that honestly wasn't feeling healthy for me or nourishing for me. But then there's other times where it's like, yes, I'm in pain right now, but how, how could, can I continue to try to be a good friend or at least communicate with, with people like, Hey, I'm really going Mm -hmm. through it right now. So I'm not, I'm not emotionally available at this time, but I still like love you. Just any type of reassurance that you can give to people or grace that you can give to the other side. And I'm reading a book right now called adult children. I'm looking at the title adult children of emotionally immature parents. Um, and in it, it describes emotional maturity and emotional immaturity a lot. And one of the things that I've taken away so far, I'm only 30 pages in, but one of the things that was really interesting to me is that emotionally immature people, and it's a spectrum, right? None of us are going to be perfectly emotionally mature. But one of the things it was saying is that emotionally immature people can only experience the world subjectively. They are not able to depersonalize experiences. Mm -hmm. And so being objective in your pain or being objective in the way that 
your navigating a friendship can be such a helpful tool. Like recently, I've just been thinking about the fact that when I'm going through a hard time, I process in real time. I basically let the emotions out in that moment. Some people do not do that. There, It is better for them to put it down, wait, and then process it. There's not a right or wrong, but the more we can like understand how the other person just interacts in this world, the less offended we will feel. And that's just Mm -hmm. one example of just like a trauma response, but it can be applied to everything. Like, oh, when someone's going through a hard time, maybe they just start not texting as much because they're so busy and they're happy. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're not as excited. And yeah, yeah. just assuming the best in everyone while like still being able to voice your side too, you know, like just being able to be like, hey, like I've noticed that you haven't texted as much, like how like what's going on over there? Is there something that I can do or whatever? Instead of just assuming like, okay, she doesn't like me and I did something and we're just not going to be friends, you know? Yeah. Um, but something that I loved on here, one of the questions was what's a quality you really value in a friend in this season of your life. And I wanted to read these because I think that these are really fun and empowering ways of like what other people value. So you can kind of look at, you know, am I this kind of friend showing up, you know? Um, because I do, yeah, I do think that it's easy to subjectively be like, man, I'm going through a hard time. Like my friends haven't really shown up in the Mm -hmm. way that I needed during this time and being like, oh, but have I been the friend that someone else needs to? So I thought this list was fun because it gives me new ideas of like how to show up as a good friend. Honesty, being able to be my full self, not feeling like any part of me has to be hidden. Grace when calling for accountability from me. Consistency. One that I thought was really cute was a lot of people, uh, their big transition was having kids. And it was saying like someone showing love to their children. Oh, um, so cute. not just being a friend to them, but just showing interest in their kids or like wanting to hang out and being like, oh yeah, bring your kid. Like, I want to get to know them too. And that was a big one for people to feel like, oh, I don't need to hide this part of my life um, for you to be included. And so I thought that that was just a sweet way. Like if you're someone who has kids or doesn't have kids or whatever, but you have a friend who does just like loving on their kids too. Um, And uh, a big thing was not being flaky. So like something where it's like, if you make plans, like just, really making it a point to not continue to cancel plans. People who just call out of nowhere, one of them was like just calling and just saying, Hey, I only have 10 to 15 minutes to talk while I'm driving. Like what's going on with you? Instead of it being like, Oh, we've got to schedule like a two hour call or something. It was just like, Oh, well, while you're doing something else, do you have 10 minutes to check in? You know? Yeah, that's um, that's a really good one. I think people get really overwhelmed at the idea of having to have this huge sit down with a lifelong friend that you know you haven't caught up with in a long time. And what can break the ice is saying, "Hey, I have ten minutes. You know, can we catch up real quick while I drive somewhere?" That is so helpful because then it gives the other person like, "Oh, we're not about to sit down and be like, here's what I've been up to for six months. Here's how I felt about me and you for six months. Like it feels so overwhelming. But if you put a time slot on it where the other person has to go, it can be really comforting to the person receiving that. So I love, I love that one. Yeah. Or, um, one of my friends and I have a, uh, one minute catch up 
And what we'll do is we'll send a voice memo to each other. And no matter where we are in the voice memo, we stop at one minute. So it'll be like, okay, so today I had this for lunch. It's just like dumb stuff, but it'll just be like, you're committing one minute. And you'll be like, okay. And this was like a random thought I had in any way. Okay. Well, well, it's one minute. Okay. Your turn. And so it's like, you can give one minute to just even be like, oh yeah, I'm recording a podcast today and I journaled this this morning and okay. So this random book, but okay. My minutes up, like talk to you soon. Yeah, that's and it's cute. just a way yeah, to feel achievable. connected. Yeah. And it's achievable without being like, oh, I don't have even 15 minutes to voice memo back and forth, but this is like bite size and it makes me feel really connected and hearing their voice. So that's an idea. Yeah. Honesty in depth was a big time or a, a big thing. One of them was being a hype girl, like being excited for when something is good and just acknowledging it. So precious. Um, gratitude was a big one. It, it was saying that like a lot of people, like people only reaching out and like complaining. Mm-hmm. And so it was mm-hmm. saying like, even just reaching out, but speaking about gratitude about the other person or gratitude for your own life was like really like nice for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ease was another one. It was like, we need mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. more fun. Yeah, I agree. That one's a huge one. Uh, Loosening up. (laughs) Yes, it was just like, can we like play more and have more ease? Like not everything has to be so heavy, Mm -hmm. which I like second that. But just being like uh, people saying it was really fun, like people who hosted like themed dinners or like some like random game night or like just something where it's like, hey, we're all getting together to like fart around. Yeah, love that. You know? Um, So anyways, there, there was so many one was listening without judgment or needing to have an answer it's just a safe place to communicate being intentional and everyone's was just like hey just check in mm-hmm. like it does it's not the big things it's like the little things regularly okay so do you want okay here are the other questions do you find the last few years were more helpful to your friendships or negative or if you're if you feel like you're less social now what keeps you from reaching out to have in-person hangs with someone you love? Um, and then what made you realize that a friendship had run its course? And then what was something someone did that make, made you feel loved and connected? Okay. Which last, one should we hit? The last two. Let's do uh, run its course <clears throat> and then let's do um, loved and connected at, at the end. So let's just go into this one when a friendship has run its course, I think speaking like from a personal, you know, thing is, um, and then seeing some of these answers, I think that, um, this season and I say season being the last couple of years, it was just kind of illuminating of even like a no hard feelings kind of thing, but just like who, who was a friendship of convenience and who was like there for the long haul, you know? And I, I loved some of these and some of these are like, Hey, this is the cautionary tale of like, let's be aware of how we show up in a friendship. And some of them are just very like, this is really lovely to be able to love and like move on with compassion and love. So I think, uh, one of the ones that came up was when people, um, didn't get, invited to things. So 
something where it was like, um, even if people want to be invited, even if they can't come. So like people who were, uh, highly immune compromised during the last few years of just feeling like, even if someone is trying to protect you by being like, Oh, she's not going to come. If we're around they're immunocompromised, they still wanted the invite of like, Hey, I know you probably don't want to come to this, but we wanted to offer the invitation anyway. But then when someone felt like it was over and over, um, and I think that can be for various things. Um, like if you know that that's a trigger, if you're doing something that's a trigger of somebody else's, you stop inviting them. But I think maybe even just voicing like, Hey, I know that you may not want to come to the bar with us, but I still want to invite you. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, a big thing was how many people were ghosting other people by just going through their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so here is where things got interesting. The responses, I feel like were half people who are the initiators who are like, I'm putting so much effort into these friendships and they've dropped off. And then the other half are the receivers who are like, like, why, why did the people who were pursuing me, why are they not pursuing me so much anymore? I would say that Angela and I are both for the most part where we are pursuers in relationships. And so I think that it can be difficult speaking from a pursuer when you, you know, reach out and do whatever, but if you're not the one reaching out, you never hear from them. Mm -hmm. And so, but as the receiver, so I think there's two sides, right? Like, I think if you're someone who is typically less of the, um, pursuer and you're more of a receiver, I think it's really important for you to like, if you see someone who pursues you kind of drop off, like, to kind of go back and, and, and pursue them a little bit. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, it's not anything that you need to take offensively. It's just that they, they need to be pursued too. And then I think for pursuers, I think instead of taking offense of like, oh, this person won't respond to me or whatever, and just be able to express yourself like, Hey, can we just communicate about kind of where you are? Like, it's okay if, if you don't have the capacity to respond, but will you just send up a little like something to update me on where you're at just so that I'm not like left in the dark here, you know? Yeah. Um, one was like when, okay, I, I told this one to Angela and I really liked it, but it said, I'm a big believer in giving space. Sometimes the friendship isn't over. It just needs a little time and space and it could come back around. I don't like burning bridges unless... I have to, or have been hurt beyond the point of no repair. I really and like, yeah, I, I really love like, that. I really like that too, because in adult female friendships, which is primarily what I'm speaking on, it, it, I think what happened to me, I had a morning of the pace in which my friendships used to move and how, how the frequency in which they used to, to operate at. Because when I was in mm -hmm. high school, let's say, because I have a lot of the same friends, I was fortunate not to move around that much. And so I, I have a lot of friendships that I've had for decades. And with those friendships, when we first started being friends, all I had in my life to focus on was school and my friends. 
I didn't have, you know, a spouse or a house or a job yet or uh, a baby. I, it was, there was so much intensity surrounding my friendships because it was the only thing that I was prioritizing. And I look back at that time so blissfully because I'm like, wow, just like open access to my friends at school all the time. And it's so, it's, it's so bittersweet to not be there now. But as we, you know, advance and adult and mature and things aren't moving at that pace anymore or frequency it there's a change in in the seasons that are quieter and it can be really jarring to go through a season of quiet where both parties don't really have beef they just sort of fell out of tune and that can be really like whoa 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 what happened is it over it can almost feel really like uh where we put these extreme measures on it like wow I guess I thought this was a lifelong friend and I guess it's not because we both don't keep up like it's so easy to catastrophize that's the word I'm looking for um mm -hmm. and I think I went through this in my early 20s when we all were getting our uh jobs and we're you know whether we went to college or not we're all kind of moving so that's already sort of been sorted out the difference in pace but what I think is still active in friendships in your 30s and 40s is that ebb and flow where there's some seasons where you're just really connected you're talking on the phone all the time you're texting about something y'all are both interested in you're happen to both of you have a, a job that links up to where you have the same free time schedule a lot of it's stuff like that and then there'll be a change or a shift and then you know the, the the pace changes again so keeping up with those ebbs and flows and just like having a lot of grace and acceptance and um solidifying the people that are supposed to be in the life will be there for the long haul it can be helpful to just kind of get perspective on that i think just giving i think giving people space and i i don't know i think uh my friend and nicole and i have this phrase of like friendships of figure eight and that sometimes you're close together and sometimes you're further apart, but it always comes back. And I get when you're like, okay, this is, you know, maybe a friendship has run its course. That was not, that truly was not healthy, but sometimes things just need space to breathe. And, um, for you to talk about like kind of how you're feeling, not stuff it down, but talk about it and then allow space to be like, Hey, I have no hard feelings towards you. And like, you are someone that I have loved and respected and valued. Like if you were a close friend to me, it's because I love you as a person. And so, you know, just keeping that thing of like, yeah, I don't burn bridges. It's like, let's not like jump to huge conclusions here. It's like, maybe sometimes it's like, okay, in six months are, or two years or whatever, our life circumstances line up a little bit more where this makes more sense. Mm -hmm. And I will greet you with open arms when we link back up. Yeah. And uh, Angela and I, I think are like such a good example of that too, that we've never had some kind of like friendship breakup ever. It's just been like, there are some seasons we've known each other and have been friends since we were teenagers and we've been friends longer in our lives. And we haven't been friends. Like that's mm -hmm. how long it's, we've been together. And so <laughs> been together, we're married. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's like, sometimes where it's like, oh, you're at a different college and like making different friends. I'm at a different college or like we're at different life stages or different things. And I think that's been so beautiful. Cause we'll like catch up and then have whole stints. We were just like so close. And then it'd be like, oh, okay. Like I'm moving over here. I'm like making different friends. We're catching up every once in a while. We're not as close, but it's not offensive. And then later we're like locked in step again, you know? 
Yeah. And so I think it's just keeping that space for each other to evolve and not take that as like a personal fence to the other person, you know? Um, I've also been giving some thought to this idea just now crystallizing in my brain. Um, this idea that I think we all have low maintenance and high maintenance friends. And I don't say that judgmentally. I, what I mean is more, there's some friends that just, they don't really need the touch points. They feel good Mm -hmm. about it. They're just, they're chilling. They're not, they're not pressed either way. They trust that if you have a problem, you'll bring it up to them, but otherwise they're just vibing, whether you're talking a lot or you're talking a little, and then there's those friendships. Um, and this is not a judgment of those friendships that need a lot more attention and a lot more touch points and, or the feeling out of sync just gets really blown out of proportion. And so what I've been thinking about is that I don't, something that I want to change is that for my low maintenance friendships, I don't want to be taking advantage of that and putting so much energy into the high maintenance friendships and, and just trusting and being like, oh, well, they don't need, I think that mostly it's coming from a pursuer, as we've talked about, like me and Kendall initiating, um, I get really relaxed and comfortable and easy around those that aren't asking me to always initiate. They're not going to initiate either, but they don't need either way. They're just sort of, they're like, I don't need you to initiate for me. I'm not going to initiate, but I'm just vibing on the side. Like those, those friendships are so like comforting to me sometimes in areas where I have less bandwidth. Cause I'm like, okay, I can just show up with these, these people and they aren't going to feel this like sensitivity, like, oh, you know, you, you haven't checked in or invited me to something or something like that, you know? So I've just been realizing I might want to take some inventory of like, am I taking advantage of those that aren't needing touch points by giving too much to the ones that need a lot of touch points? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but like, yeah. And that doesn't mean that the ones that are like oiled up don't need continual oiling for it not yes. to be a problem yes that's what i'm saying so just food for yes. thought oh yeah and, um on no, this topic i was gonna say because since we're on the run run its course question uh and we got kind of derailed into something different but i got this beautiful article sent to my friend rachel which she was just on the last episode if you uh caught sober curiosity but she sent me this beautiful article from Nidra Glover Tawab is who wrote it and I'm just going to open-ended ask these questions for y'all to chew on so take out a pen or paper or just like clock this time stamp because these might help you navigate if a friendship is ready to run its course so it says so how do we determine whether we are in a situation where the person could really benefit from giving the benefit of the doubt or has it run its course? We can start by asking ourselves these questions. Now, this first one is more, I think, specific to if something happened between, like, let's say this person has hurt you in some way. The first one is, does this person have remorse? So it goes into, you know, there needs to be some indication that the person has learned from their mistake or their behavior has shifted. If someone's reaction to wronging you is to blame you or shirk responsibility, just like be aware of that. So that's more if you guys have maybe a friendship fight or somebody has like offended you in some way. This next one is more general. Is this person being honest with you? Are they owning what they did and how they navigate their life? Or are they, is lying a habit of theirs? Do they lie about little things? Do they, 
If they lie about little things, they're definitely lying about bigger things. We can't give someone the benefit of the doubt if they have a track record of dishonesty. So what these questions I want to like really make sure we understand, this is for someone that you feel like you know in your intuit intuition that this, this friendship is one-sided, is toxic for you, it is not nourishing for you. This is not discussing the ebbs and flows of a long-term friendship that you know is there to stay and feels safe. This is, has something felt unsafe for a long time? And now am I ready to like, look at that? So the final one is, are you being, I love this question. Are you being honest with yourself about who this person is? Mm -hmm. Look at how this person shows up, not just with you, but with other people. Let's say you learn a friend was gossiping about you. And this friend gossips about everyone. Even if this person denies talking about you behind your back, who are they are they are in the world would indicate that this is probably true. You have to look at people's history and their relationships and take that into account. So this is sort of a gut check for some of the questions. Um, Kendall said she got a response that's like, I wish I had ended this sooner and not put myself through the mud of feeling like this toxic friendship has sustained me because I was too tired to look at it. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, we overarching, we're not talking about that kind of friendship, but I did want to just throw that in because it can be really hard to struggle with like somebody that has been in your life for a long time and be like, is this the end? Yeah. And, so and I think, and I think the posture we hold with that is very like non-judgmental and the fact of just like, let's look at this honestly, let's just have some inventory here of who like where is it healthy to put our love and attention um and to let in those instances where you're like okay maybe this isn't the best situation to be able to handle it and let it go with love you know this isn't just like okay you're toxic you're out like whatever just being like okay with what I know now and with where I am and how I value myself and my time and, you know, different things. Is this something that's healthy for either of us? Friendships are so valuable. We want to repair, not, you know, cut people out of our lives. Right. And so this is the whole point of this episode was just like, how, how do we be a better friend and how do we show up in a way that is, um, fun and exciting and full of empathy and giving space to each other in a leading with love kind of way, because we're all just people and on our journey and we all have the reasons, have reasons for the way that we show up in the world. And sometimes that's a vibrational match and sometimes that's not. And I think just holding it all with compassion for other people and for ourselves. So I think one of my favorite questions yes. on here Let's to end us out. Yes. Was, <clears throat> so I said, I think we can all agree that the whole idea of friendships got wonky the last few years. So many personal changes, world changes, heaviness, triggers, distance, differences, etc. But what was something that someone did that made you feel so loved and connected? And so I want to go through some of the things that other people said, and then some of our own personal things of just even ideas of how to show up because something that was so illuminating with this question and so sweet is how this idea of friendship, a lot of times is not this big overwhelming thing. 
so many of the things that people said that sustained their relationship and made them feel so good were really small gestures. Um, a funny one was how many people said when I was having a bad day, someone door dashed me something. That's cute. Yeah. So many people said that there was like 25. So, uh, sending out of the blue texts of just thinking about someone. Yeah. That's nice. Um, asking someone to just take a walk with them. If you live close enough, mm-hmm. that's like great. how, how simple, right? Um, handwritten notes, um, just simple. Love you. Thinking about you. texts mean the world to me. They, uh, yeah. Care packages. Um, okay. This one was really cute. Arranged a zoom call so that we could watch a movie together. Okay, I've heard of that in the like height of the lockdown, people doing that or attending a virtual concert together. It was it's so cute, the idea of it. Yeah. Um, asking someone what their idea of fun is now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because it was saying that, you know, with different life changes, whether yeah. with but just being like, hey, what is fun to you right now? Because it may have changed. So just being like, what is fun to you? Okay, let's go do that thing. Instead of even assuming like, oh, you know, going and do this is fun to you. Like that may actually be more stressful than fun to them now where something fun could th- to them could be like, hey, like something that Angela and I love to do is like both be into like talk about something that we've both done. Like, uh, oh, I'm having, I'm going to the museum this week. Like, will you do something that's fun for you? And then like, let's just talk about what we liked about doing that. Like, that's fun for us to communicate about something that we filled our cup with or like, oh, we're both reading a book. Let's communicate about the book that we read. And that's so fun for us. And so maybe that's fun for someone else, but you just wouldn't know. So yeah, handwritten letters, like over and over. Guys, handwritten letters are like the purest, but- most rare thing these days you know absolutely snail mail forever I have a couple friends that are like really just they're diehards in this camp and they'll surprise send me snail mail it's the best it's it just will never get old it's so it's so special in today's world to get something handwritten um and also I just saw on TikTok if you guys are an Emily Mariko fan she does these like beautiful silent ASMR cooking videos but she's also getting married and she bought vintage postcards to and she hand wrote save the dates to like her closest 25 people and then sent re- regular save the dates but how freaking sweet to get a vintage postcard of someone for a save the date for their wedding yeah so freaking sweet you're gonna start crying (laughs) I know I really am gonna start crying that's so so sweet um while we're while we're reading others I just want to interject with some that people have done for me so uh Laura my friend Laura shout out she went I might have no I mentioned this in I officiated her wedding recently so it's like have I said this here or have I said this on a different microphone um but she when Wyatt my son was fresh like two months old she came over every single week once a week to help me with him just for like an hour or two she wanted to check on him she would like help like she'd do a bottle feeding or we would go thrifting and she'd walk his stroller 
It was so nice. She doesn't have any kids, but she just was like not forgetting me in the most tender time where I felt like I was a shell of a person and I had disappeared from my life in the best way, like loving the yeah. fresh newborn stage. You know, it's it's both. But uh, you can at that time feel really like isolated and tender from your friendships because you just can't nurture and hard them. to ask for help yes can't nurture them in the same way and then that just feels weird when you do come up for air and so she was so not at all like she was not pressed at all like just came over as if it was totally normal so that meant the world to me during that time um as a new mom and then uh Kendall and I were talking about I just came up with this idea so I haven't done it yet so watch out closest friends because this might be coming to you at a city near you but I want to start <laughs> gathering uh in my iPhone notes because I I am pretty good about if I think of someone from like a certain thing like I let's say I listen to a song and I'm like hey this just came on the radio it always makes me think of this time in college with you I do tend to send those texts but what I want to change to is start making a list for each of my friends in my iPhone. And then when I think of them for a certain memory, like when I burn my bacon, I always think of my roommate call, um, in college, Taylor, because she liked bacon black, like cr- cr- like disintegrated. That's how she liked it. And so oh when gosh, I, I like mine squealing only. Yeah, no, for real. But when I accidentally burn <laughs> mine, I'm like, oh, if Taylor was here. So I'll take a picture and I'm like, just like you like it, you know. So I want to gather those little things that make me remember them and handwrite them the letter of them. Like in the past six months, here's ways I've thought about you. And just like, no, date them. it's so sweet. So that's coming in mid 2023. <laughs> like, I have a friend who literally keeps track of just reasons that she's cried and will like for, oh, I did sad have a or list. sweet reasons. Yeah. And she will just send it to me to like, stay connected. Like, just so you know, like what's going on in the emotional climate. And it's some are so funny. Some are like just endearing some or whatever, but so it's not even going into every story. It's just like, Oh, I, I can see where she's at. And that's like a really fun way to connect. And even though it's a way for her to document for herself, it's so just funny. something to say, like, I'm inviting you in to this. That has been, I, I love a no reason gift. Like to me, that is like more exciting than a birthday gift. Like and so Angela did this once, but I've had some different friends who just like truly just said, uh, I saw this book and it made me think of you and they Amazoned it to my house. And I'm just yeah. like getting a random book from someone who just, who thought of you because they saw it and just sent it to your house is the most exciting touching thing ever. I'm like, that could make up for nine months of not speaking. Also, Kendall, like, does you're an you're a touch and go reader. So, like, uh, you you sank your teeth into that book. I got you like the next day because you were just so touched. You're like, oh my god, what's in here? Like, you it felt like it just like kicked you out of a reading rut because you're like, I gotta get in because someone sent this to me because it reminded like, it to me. It's yes. just so exciting to be like, oh, you thought of me. Like, why? You're sort of like you're so touched and you're so curious. So, I had never seen you read a book faster. <laughs> Yeah. So that was so fun. Yeah. Or something like something that I've been craving in my relationships. And I think this is like the idea of kind of like, okay, what do you need from your friends? Okay. Be that thing was, I was like, I need a a bit more levity. Like I need a bit more like goofy, fun, like almost just like surface level goofiness. Um, Cause there's, I'm, I'm always in the depths and that's like my 
my normal like hangout and I love it, but I'm like, I, I just want a little like goofiness. So I, you know how Spotify has, you know, your year wrapped and it gives you like, okay, this is the type of music you listen to. Here's your top 10 things. Here's your, um, song personality, like whatever. So, and people have just loved going through those. I was like, you know what, let's do a 2022 wrapped. And so I just invited friends over with like really fun questions, like not super deep, not whatever, but it was like, what are the, your three favorite things you bought this year? What gadgets changed your life? What was your favorite skincare? Like, what were your three most embarrassing moments? What was like, just getting a, a feel for like, what did this last year have in store? Um, and I just invited a few friends over. I was like, made it very casual. It was just in my living room, truly laughing, crying <laughs> at some of the stuff. And then it was just like, okay, it's like, see you soon. And everyone after texted me and was like, that was so fun, but it was so simple. Like if totally. I need some like goofy time, I'm sure other people do too. And creating that and that it doesn't have to be some big thing. That that's the best. I love these answers. I love that we get to end on a note. That's like, here's ways that I have felt touched in my friendships to give you some inspiration on anything you want to replicate for your crew, your posse, your girls, your homies. So yes, they're so special. So special ways that I can love them. And then by loving them, I feel loved in return. And like, this is all Gucci, you know, it's all, it's all gravy. And also it's never too late. So if you feel like, man, I really dropped the ball in some of these friendships and you know, it's a safe person. Um, it's never too late. You know, you can always reach out and just be like, Hey, you know, I've been underwater for a while, but I miss you. And if you're up for it, I'd love to see you and, and try to reconnect if that feels good for you right now. And ultimately, like if we feel that we're divinely and intuitively held, which I do, if it's supposed to be back into the closeness of a fi figure eight, it will. And if not, then it won't. But uh, I just wanted to end with it's not too late to try to, you know, get back out there and feel close to your network. And we're here to help. And we love you. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and sending you all the love, all the connection, all the friends. And talk to you soon. Voila. Toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs>